Okay. Hi, Megan Leahy, Parent Coach, back again. <laughs> Hi. So thank weird. You, thank you for having <laughs> me, Pleasant. Yay. Nice so to meet you. <laughs> y'all know Meg already from previous episodes where uh, we like to record these during times of transition. I think our last one was last fall when we were talking about overparenting and overcaring. And then um, since our last conversation, a lot has happened and Meg has a new, it's still new. How long do you consider a book being new? A year? 10, 10 years. It's kind of like losing the baby weight. I had a baby 10 years ago, still losing the baby. <laughs> a no, it's pretty new still. Yeah. Parenting outside the lines, forget the rules, tap into your wisdom and connect with your child. And I, um, was looking through it this week because I knew we were going to talk. I had read it this summer when it came out and it's amazing and wonderful and everybody needs to have it mainly because it's so real. You guys know Meg from the Washington Post and from being on the podcast before. Many of you have taken classes with her in the DC area and know that she's so unique in her style of parent coaching because it's so real and grounded in kindness and compassion, um, and also heart, like real clarity and truth that I think is sometimes missing, especially around like mindfulness and parenting. So Meg, will you read for us? My favorite section is right at the end. My favorite paragraphs are right at the end, 202, starting Mm. with, so yes, going right to the end. I just want to hear you read this to us. I think it's so, it's just really touched my heart and gave me all those like good mama feelings. Do you know that I just flipped open the book and it flipped open in 202? Of course it did. Wow. Wow. I don't say woo woo anymore. So wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to do with you. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Wow. All right. So yes, you have made parenting mistakes, both huge and small. Yes, you probably have some apologies to make, see chapter 12. But when you kick off your shoes, put down your bag, and plop on the couch to hug the child you haven't seen all day, that's parenting, my friend. When you heat up the leftovers or serve the cold pizza and you smile at your child, that's parenting too. When you stay up late in bed reading a book about ADHD or SPD or autism or giftedness or allergies or 504s (laughs) and IEPs, that's good parenting. Because our culture is only focused on the outcomes of what we do, we forget the good that comes from the trying to. We forget the good that comes from simplicity and peace. And because no one will praise you for the damage you haven't caused, let me go ahead and do that for you. Well done, you. Mm. Now, here you are. You've just read a book chock full of advice like parenting notions. Am I now suggesting that you chuck it all and just sit back with your good intentions? No. I just want you to include all those little moments when you decide that you suck as a parent. Instead of kitchen sinking your entire existence, let's mindfully take stock of all the caretaking you do. Those little parenting moments count. They matter and they should be recognized. If you're going to beat yourself up for your crappy meals or crappy meals or raised voices, you also have to congratulate yourself for the laughter, the wins, and the joy. 
I love it so much. Thank you for this gift. Um, Is there anything before we like shift to our topic for today um, that you want to say about the book? Like what, I guess my question is, what are the key pieces that have been most resonant with people now that it's in the world? Uh, I've been getting a lot of different feedback. It's definitely the type of book where some chapters will speak to people and some won't. Mm -hmm. Some will be like, yeah, I worked on that. And that's exactly what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. I really wanted people to be able to almost flip around um, and not need like, quote unquote, the whole book. Um, A lot of people have talked to me about the apologies chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, I say in that chapter that you don't actually need to feel 100% sorry Mm -hmm. to apologize to your kid. And people have really liked that. Um, I think we hold ourselves to such a higher standard than our parents did. Uh, <laughs> you know. Not even the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I think um, I, I think we just flog ourselves. With... Did they hold themselves to any standards? Like, I couldn't think of a word there. Because <laughs> it's like, of I... course, it's not even the same ballpark because... I don't even think this was a thing. <laughs> no, I, it wasn't a thing. And there were so many things happening that, you know, at least if you're in, I'm in my mid forties, you know, 45 years ago, America was much like now, like, whoa, mm-hmm. um, going through a lot and coming out of a war and um, women were getting so many rights and, kids were just like and and divorce was like a thing mm-hmm. right you could really women could stop being in these crap marriages and men too and um <laughs> kids were just like good luck buddy mm-hmm. you know um so yeah so we are now the the pendulum per mm-hmm. usual for american culture swang really hard mm-hmm. back into being obsessed with our kids mm-hmm. So not thinking that you have to be perfect to apologize and feel all your perfect feelings and constantly have resolution. I I just don't think we can get to that point as parents sometimes. I just think that's, I don't know. Yeah, so the book talks to people in different ways and usually my fellow control freaks, they they take it to heart. Well, I think it's such a gift and I'm really, I know that the process was not easy, (laughs) was not necessarily easy, Um, but it's been a real gift for family. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. um, Okay. I asked you to come on today because I want to talk a little bit about being home this winter and sort of the organizational, like leadership that we as parents need, um, or what would be helpful in this season. We're obviously, um, just to time frame it, like still in COVID numbers are going up. People are starting to freak out about being home all winter and, um, the boundaries and sort of the rhythms and the tech guidelines and all of these things that, Um, are normally stressful in sort of regular school years, um, seem to have gone out the window this year, rightfully so, because many of this is new for all of us. So I just want to say that 
I just want to have a conversation about what you're doing, what I'm doing, what people might want to do, but I've Mm. never been in this situation. You've never been in this situation. There's no right or wrong way to move through this winter. (laughs) I think that feels really important to name. It's not as if like Meg and I have done this many times before. And now we're saying this is like what works for everyone. Like that's not our philosophy. Um, but much more so what are we doing? What's sort of the personal side of how to hold that rhythm and how to hold the container of our family members through this winter. Um, and one of the tools I use and I, and I know may uses is a family meeting. So I I'd love to talk about that in terms of what that might look like now. So I'll be quiet now and let you jump in. No, I love that. And I love that there's no right or wrong way to do that. My brain likes to go to right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I love a black and white answer situation. That feels good to me. Um, and of course, it almost never applies I, ever. Um, no, we haven't done this. And I, you know, I kind of when you introduced the podcast and you're we like, oh, you're talking last fall, like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We thought we had problems last fall. Um, mm-hmm. Makes it look like a cakewalk. Some perspective there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny because I told you numerous times that like I'm never going to write another book, but I'm like, all right, I got to write a book on family meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, we could co-write they, it. I'll help you. <laughs> okay. I mean, they are everything right now. Mm-hmm. So one of the major things that I'm running into personally and with my clients and my people in my online class and, you know, just people on the street that I yell at to through our masks is the onus of taking care of everyone in the house and the animals um, is weighing heavily on people. And it feels isolating and uh, like like an elephant sitting on your chest. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, we are the parents. The buck does stop with us. I'm not going to blow smoke on that. And the family meeting is a way to spread around responsibility and recognize that people have so much to offer in your family in terms of like ideas and rules and fun and joy, um, it really is a gift to yourself to be like, oh, I don't have to decide everything, right? Now, the younger your kids are, the harder that gets, right? So your three-year-old isn't going to be like, I have a vision for January and here's how it goes, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, But even down to meal planning or just Mm -hmm. even planning fun or a family meeting opens up the, the emotional space mm-hmm. around the pressure a lot of parents feel, especially if you are the primary parent, which means that you're kind of just doing the parenting heavy lifting at home. Um, family meetings also, for me right now, depending on the age of your kid, there's always an appropriate way are kind of a good news, bad news place. Like, okay, the bad news is Mm -hmm. school didn't reopen or Mm -hmm. you're still hybrid or we, Mm -hmm. you know, the bad news is Thanksgiving and the holidays or whatever. And 
listen to this vaccine thing coming out. And, right, like, it's a place to have hope Mm -hmm. um, and find corners of good Mm -hmm. um, and of gratitude. You know, I was listening to the wind, like, how last night? Did you hear it? Oh, yeah. It was was like wonderful. I love it. (laughs) I love it too. And I turned Mm. to Mark, my husband, and I said, whenever I hear the wind howl like this and it's cold, I always think about homeless people. Yeah. Always. Even since I was little. Yeah. Like, are they okay? Right. And I just had this overwhelming sense of gratitude for my teeny little warm house. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think having like little moments like that and for parents saying them aloud. So a lot of us will will be grateful and do have gratitude and do see little shards of good and light. And, and, but we keep it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so of course my kids were like running around the halls and I'm screaming, get the hell to bed. But I was like, isn't it nice we're in this warm house? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, no, really? <laughs> you know, I invite parents right now to say, like, aren't, aren't we fortunate? You know, not as in a, like my Irish Catholic guilt way. Well, and also it, not in like a super positive, you know how there can be, like we put that positive spin on it. Well, like, at least you have a home with that, that, like you said, like kind of has the guilt or the shame or the, or the positivity, but like, it's actually connected to that authentic experience that you're having, right? Like that, that really resonates with you is like the wind is howling and you're really like, wow, this reminds me of people who may not have this right now. Um, Right. And just the tone of it doesn't have to change. I think that's my point. It's, it's the tone is that oftentimes I hear moms do that fake, like it could be worse, you know, and that loses the, the sort of deeper feeling of it. Does that make oh, sense? Yeah. Well, and what you're doing is because if you're saying that to someone, like at least you have a warm home, mm-hmm. that person has said to you, I miss my friends mm-hmm. or... I'm sick of you guys, or I feel like we're never going to leave the house. Mm -hmm. So they're expressing either a fear or a sadness. They're expressing a real emotion and you're just hopping over it. Yes. Or doing the, well, I am not going to work either. (laughs) Right. Right. And as parents, you are legit able, like when my kids complain, you know, I absolutely look at them like, you've got to be kidding me, (laughs) right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with parents sometimes, depending on the age of the kids and like what's going on, being like, okay, yo, let's have Mm -hmm. a come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let's get out these complaints and let's like, it's okay to tell a kid, quit your whining. Mm -hmm. It's okay in that moment. Like, I think, you know, positive parenting and, all these movements are like, every feeling must be felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not all well, the time. But I also think like, it's not about your emotional, like when you're not in a good place and you come back with your depletion or your irritation, I think that can really, or at least in my experience, it really shuts us down. Like I noticed my daughter 
like go inward if I do that rather than like, she's expressing to me how much she misses something or she wants something. And if I come back with like, yeah, I would like to be in a, in a house with other women leading a retreat this weekend and not here. (laughs) Um, I think it's about sort of, again, like that, where am I when I'm in that conversation? Cause there's a way to open the door and have her feel heard. And there's a way for me to just bounce back like my own unprocessed shit, which isn't appropriate. Doesn't, or let me just say, it doesn't feel good. doesn't feel like it's opening or deepening our relationship. It feels like I just shut her down. (laughs) Well, yeah, totally. (laughs) And if you need to shut your kid down, right? Because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. five o'clock and the sauce right. is burning and no one's coming to save you. And right. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow's yeah, yeah. looking like today. Yeah. Um, one of the main things we talk about, especially getting through this winter is like, okay, I, I hear you, I hear your complaints. I'm going to attend to what this is in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. The sauce, the cleaning, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever the, your email. Mm-hmm. And then we will have a bitch sash or a complaint yeah. sash at 7 p.m. Yeah. And so like I have a lot of people and this works for every age and those giant sticky mm-hmm. post-its, <laughs> like the really mm-hmm. big ones. Yeah. <laughs> you have a parking lot of complaints. Yeah. So everybody can write their stuff up there. Yeah. You know, we try and make it so that you don't like totally like dog other your family members out like so-and-so sucks or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And then people pick, take the post-it and say, okay, let's go through this. Yeah. Um, it's okay to have, to put that stuff in a container. Just like mm-hmm. you said, Plez, if your reaction is going to be, <sighs> you know, what about my needs? Or <sighs> you're so ungrateful. Or yeah. <sighs> like just pure, get out of my face. Yeah. Or I have some parents that go into a panic spiral. Mm-hmm my God, my kid's not mentally well, things aren't mm-hmm. good. Like the parents chronically stops what they're doing and just mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. attending, attending, mm-hmm. right? So that the anxiety and the fear just spiral in on each other from child to parent, parent to child, right? And that is that line right now. I feel like we're this many months in this, the weight is getting heavier for people and the line in mental health in terms of what's of concern. I mean, we are in uncharted territory in terms of kids, but also us um, for how, especially if we believe that energy is contagious or emotions are contagious or that kind of like, especially living in these little pods with our families if we're in a certain area and we're bouncing off of each other in the home, in the heart, in the mind and the emotions, um, like what is quote unquote normal right now? You know what I mean? And I actually think this, this baseline has gotten what previously might've been clinical now seems to be more in the normal range. And we've had a few discussions in Lola conversations around like, if you're not feeling somewhat anxious or depressed, like maybe something else is going on. That's when maybe something's going on. Right. Like repression 101, right? (laughs) Bypass. like (laughs) Because people are coming into the calls like, I'm so, you know, depressed or I'm so sad. I'm like, yeah, I mean, 
shouldn't we be like in some regard? And I think that line of like, Norma, I'm so curious about that. What do you think about that? What are you seeing? Well, the nerd in me cannot wait for longitudinal studies yeah. on this, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah. I'm like, I mean, it's not my jam, right? And you know me, I'll like be like, maybe I should get involved. No, okay. But, you know, especially kids, um, how kids' depression and stress shows up, mm-hmm. right? So they're not going to like, especially young kids, like come up and be like, wow, I'm just feeling so depressed and mm-hmm. slightly anxious, right? You see anger. I'm seeing so much regression. Mm. Um, and uh, that's toilet training, eating, sucking thumbs, um, sleeping with a parents. Oh. Yeah. Milo's oh. back in our bed. I mean, yeah. you know, he has been, he barely left, but yeah. I, I was like, wait, he left. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, he spent two nights in his own room over COVID. <laughs> oh God. I love it. But, um, I'm seeing a lot of clinginess. Mm-hmm. So like, so if you took a sensitive kid already, I'm not even going to say anxious. I'm just going to say sensitive Mm -hmm. right and then you added this routine change that had the (laughs) added benefit of you don't know when it'll end Mm -hmm. so humans really do a lot when they have a deadline like when there's an end game closing yeah yeah right yeah but none of us I mean maybe a couple but none of us thought we'd be here now Mm -mm. and so you take these sensitive kids with this suspended animation of like our we just everything's different and I'm I have a lot of kids where the parents can't leave the room Mm -hmm. unless the kid comes there's um a lot of just sleeping stuff too like I said um night terrors and so I'm interested because children's mental welfare I mean, if adults, if it's barely paid attention to in adults in this country, kids have really gotten the short stick. Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that we will have a greater understanding of how mental wellness and illness is as important as exercise, diet, and Mm -hmm. sleep. Um, but yeah, we all, we're all just, Mm -hmm. we're all just putting our energy out on each other. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if I answered your question. Well, I think it's just like, we're still in the curious, like unknown stage of it is how will this be defined later? Like what will the results of this look like? What will the data coming out look like? Is this developing our capacity for resilience Um, And for prioritizing, I mean, so many people, I'm sure you've had this too, when we're having our sessions, we'll come and and say the hard things and then kind of like whisper, but there's been this really good thing that happened. You know, like yesterday, someone was like, I decided I couldn't stay in this apartment anymore. So we had to move to a house and that felt really amazing. But it's almost like, um, it's not the thing we're always leading with because there's so much collective grief and trauma and fear and sadness and all of that right now that the the sort of 
little hidden gems and blessings and, and the, I don't even want to say good things, just more alignment and deeper values. And people are making decisions that they've been thinking about for years that now they're doing it like myself and my son's school, you know, like just different things. Right. <laughs> um, yep. that there is some sense of meaning and purpose that's occurring. Um, so how will that present in terms of what, what looks like mental wellness and well-being? I don't think we have any answers. It's just tons of questions around where the baseline will be in the future. And, you know, the beautiful thing is, which, you know, our talk has kind of been depressing, but kids are so resilient and everyone says it, but my God, they are just little Buddhas to us in resiliency. And pretty much all my coaching work Hmm. has always been that we are a fresh, we are frustration and tears facilitators as parents. So we're not fixers and we're not bypassers and we're not jumper overs. We are facilitating. Can you say more about that? What that looks like in a grounded, like in an example way? So, I mean, my 10 year old Gigi really loves her some TikTok. (laughs) Yes, she does. And because she is my third, she's (laughs) probably like snorting coke and like, who knows what she's doing. I mean, like the wheels are off the wagon. But why my 10-year-old has TikTok is another story, but she has (laughs) it. And here we go. It's not appropriate. So don't hire me if you're into appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Um. She wants what her big sisters have. She wants Mm -hmm. to live that way. Mm -hmm. She is cut off from her friends. Mm -hmm. She has moved schools, which Mm -hmm. has been amazing, but another transition. Mm -hmm. And she wants to just fall into that world of TikTok. And um, I could punish her and I could create a lot of consequences. And there's been some. But really my job is facilitating her feeling the frustration over and over of not getting what she wants. And allowing her to be upset about that. Mm -hmm. Because I know, because I'm the parent, that I can't let her figure this out on her own. Mm -hmm. Tech is too powerful. Mm -hmm. It will win every Mm -hmm. time. Mm-hmm. That's what it's designed for, right? Right. But the boundaries suck so bad to hold. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But when I realize my job is to help her feel that frustration and move through it. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, say, listen, I know this stinks, but you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I give you a lot of credit. Right. Um, we can just, we keep doing that over and over and over as parents. And like this online learning, not seeing friends. There's so many opportunities for tears, not seeing family. Mm-hmm. There's so much frustration in our kids. And our job isn't to fix that. We can't if we try. I mean, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Right? Live like half the country and just pretend the virus isn't real. <laughs> Don't get me started. Right. So 
instead of falling into desperation and weariness, right? Like I say to my kids and I say to my clients, like when things are hard, I say, this is a human doing what it should. Mm -hmm. You're meant to feel frustrated and you're meant to move through it. Like this is all right on track. It just feels so relaxing to hear that, right? It feels like my system starts to regulate. Just, it feels like someone's kind of got me, right? Almost like that alpha, but is not enmeshed. They're not trying to psychoanalyze. They're not doing um, that kind of back and forth talk. Well, how about five more minutes? Well, how about this? Well, the, well, you, you know, that, that like Mm -hmm. ongoing dragging that it loses. It's like from an energetic perspective, it's so exhausting and there's no, mm. there's no support. There's no, like, if I think about it in Ayurveda, it's no, there's no kapha, there's no container to have, mm. to, to have that support. But just in the way you said it, I could literally feel in my body just like, okay, like I'm not so different. I'm not isolating the sort of normalizing, um, of what the boundaries feel like of, of what it feels like to have boundaries. Cause it's not so sexy. And I think that right now, right. Like with the amount, I mean, and let's just talk adult wise now, not even kid wise, but Mm. adults who are like staying up late to like have some fun and rebellion by binging Netflix and doing whatever with CBD or wine or whatever, like all night long, and then wake up and feel like shit and yell at their kids all day because they're exhausted. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's not sexy to choose sleep over the rebellious stay up all night. Um, but what's the consequence of it? And I don't mean that in a shamey way. I just mean it in a no. real, like if we don't choose that, if we don't choose to rejuvenate and, and resource ourselves right now, at least for myself, then I am such a beast. <laughs> well, and, and I think so like worse the... about myself, because then I really am screaming and yelling or getting in arguments or crying or. Yeah. You're not facilitating so... your own frustration. You're right. certainly not facilitating anybody else's. Right. And so I even right. think the step, like when you catch yourself binging Netflix, staying up all night, drinking wine, blah, blah, blah. Right. The, just going down whatever rabbit hole people go down. Mm-hmm you know, offering that extension of love to yourself about how you've been handling your own frustration. Yeah. Right. So our own nervous systems are shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our bodies and and our minds have done what they could, um, not with a lot of mindfulness, but what they could. And what that led us to was checking out Mm -hmm. or binging or whatever it was. That was our mind and body's way of trying to take care of itself. And then you say, sorry, body and mind. (laughs) (laughs) You did your best. Mm -hmm. Now I got to get it together Mm -hmm. a little and reboot. Right. So, you know, when I see people just like spinning out, I have a lot of compassion and love for them because they're just going back to old. Yeah. Yeah. Old ways. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with a binge and there's nothing wrong with like any of that. It's, it's like when you get stuck in that pattern, Yeah, right? There's nothing wrong with letting a rule slide or giving more tech or eating pizza on the floor while you watch movies night after night. It's like, 
where do we get stuck in that as coping with frustration, fear, and anger and sadness? And I think that there's a chronic reboot right now because it's so relentless. All I do is like reboot all day and all night. Mm -hmm. I think that piece that you just said feels really interesting to me around um, like our old habits and patterns, like how it brings up the repeated or the chronic that may not like uh, serve us as like too spiritual psycho babble, but you, it may not be to our best interest. Like what I'm saying is the way that you just said, there's a repeating pattern of the habit or the numb out technique that mm-hmm. for so many of us is goes back so far that it feels really interesting to see if that's kind of contributing to the choices. Like I'm saying there might be some gems in there, (laughs) right? Is like, there may be something that might be interesting to talk to your therapist or your best friend or your sister about. Um, If you're starting to notice that some of these old repeating patterns are coming up now or have been in the past six months that are from a different period of your life. A hundred percent. Because I think a a lot of our trauma is being reactivated. At least I'll speak for myself and um, in ways that haven't been before, because I, there is so little change to my life. There's like a container monotony that is actually supporting some deep healing that I, that I'm really wanting to do and needing to do because I was seeing some patterns that I was like, Whoa, I haven't been like this since I was in a really bad state. And so now that I'm right. in a healthier um, of mind state, a more integrated state, I can say, whoa, this is not actually, this is so interesting how deep this goes, <laughs> this fear, yeah. or this, this pain. Um, so I just want to name in our conversation that like things from our past are here right now. You know, they are present, they are alive in our relationships and they are, it's almost like there's spotlights on them because we are, we're home and so intimate right now, you know? Well, and I often think, you know, um, your brain and your body holds everything. Mm-hmm. So just because you cannot remember mm-hmm. as a conscious memory, mm-hmm. everything that's ever happened to you mm-hmm. is in you. Yeah. For better Always. or worse. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, if you're working and you're pandemicing and you're an economic crisis and it's cold and it's dark and um, your marriage is frayed at the corners and um, whatever it is, all of it, none of it, but um, all these old, almost animalistic, really deep things start coming up. But, you know, I've also talked to a lot of parents and you know, they'll kind of be like, well, I'm doing this and I'll be doing that. And I'm like, yeah, great. Yeah, no, that's definitely bad. And (laughs) like, you're definitely struggling because you're telling me that. I'm like, but here's what I'm seeing that's really good, right? So I always want to, and not in a Pollyannish way, not in a like, let's make this nice for comfort's sake. But our brain also will go a long way to punish itself 
you know, um, we will go a long way to just flog ourselves for all kinds of things. And I'll have parents name and list to me everything they did that day. Got it for themselves, for their kids, for their home. And the lists are always inevitably so long of good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we just kind of have to find a reckoning sometimes. Like, okay, sitting for three hours and watching that much TV and drinking a bottle of wine isn't working. But here is what I'm doing that is working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how can I find a little bit of a happy medium? Mm-hmm. You know, just something where we stop teetering from extreme to extreme. You know, like just total self-annihilation to then total, like, I'm good. I'm great. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Right. Like living uh, in the humanity <laughs> of it all. Yeah. That's what I love about that sort of like the Ayurvedic medical approach is just what is working because so much of Western medicine has been, you go in because something's not working and you forget to focus on everything else that is. So when like I was going through all this health stuff lately and pay all this versions of things, I would lay in bed and be like, thank you digestion for eliminating today. Thank you foot for wiggling, you know? And I had fun with it. It didn't feel like I was forcing it. I just was really trying to pay attention to other places that were working. Um, and that's why that last piece of your book resonated so deeply with me is that that's what it really is about all these other moments, the in-between when you're learning and to like bring it full circle for our conversation is where in terms of, that's also what I mean about the family meeting. Like it may not, or that either that regular gathering, that regular communication may not give you those outcomes. Like you may not now have like everybody wanting to like, you know, put on their Sunday best and get a nice family photograph on the porch (laughs) just because you're doing it. But the skills that we learn at those regular gatherings, how do we each have a place in this home? How do we bring what's working? How do we bring what's not working? You know, we do the rosebud and thorn, like lots of people, but having that bud, having that thing that we're looking towards or we're growing, um, being able to express and listen to each other's like good, bad, and ugly and have a voice at the table. I mean, that is, I just feel like these are such important life skills um, that I'm using, I'm still trying to use in all other aspects of my relationships and communities that I'm in. And so I think that sometimes, again, like having a weekly meeting or a bi-weekly meeting or monthly, whatever, isn't the sexiest thing you've ever heard. And you might get eye rolls and things like that, but it's, 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 it feels really important. And it's um, amazing for <clears throat> any parent who's listening, who's feeling really disconnected or disgruntled with one particular child, mm. because our, our idea, our, we want to move away from that child mm-hmm. right emotionally and physically or both right we it's a get out of my face mm-hmm. and so I will have my clients literally make lists of we call them just silver linings mm-hmm. what has that kid done or how have they been mm-hmm. that is genuine that you can say mm-hmm. right so when we come to a family meeting 
you can say, you know, Ben, I'd like to thank you for emptying the dishwasher Mm -hmm. because you have no idea literally how much that helped me. Mm -hmm. You know, and so what you do is you start highlighting the goodness and your gratitude. Mm -hmm. And then the kid naturally grows toward it. I'm not saying it's going to be like, oh, your relationship's repaired, but at least we can start to change the just bang, bang, bang. Right, (laughs) right, right. And and that shit matters to kids. Yeah. Well, to adults. I mean, I like, (laughs) I like it when someone notices. Oh, dude, I have to text Mark and be like, we're having a family meeting, notice some shit about me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, if we have that sort of like that part of us, right. Or the inner child, whatever, like, of course they want that. I want that too. Like I want to be seen. Like I love when Mel comes home on my grandfather's birthday with this huge Toblerone because it was his favorite candy. Like I feel so special and like he remembers. And so I, that feels important to remember that our kids, that we are like our kids, our kids are like us. And this common human experience is even between, is of course between our kids and us too. Um, But I think sometimes we forget that and we're trying on a persona of someone else, or we forget what it feels like when you think someone doesn't like you or is annoyed by you. And I just feel like it's come up a lot, you know, that especially my daughter will say like, I feel like you're mad at me. And, and I, I'm not mad at her. I'm just frustrated with a situation. Um, yes. and she's, and I'm short with her or I'm not as loving towards her and I'll have to pause and really like turn and put my whole body towards her, like both shoulders, both hips, and just kind of like her with like my heart chakra be like, no, I love you so much. This is actually not about you, you know? And I actually don't usually say that. I just use my body to say that. Yeah. Well, and you know, that like full love, that full embrace, you know, and I mean, I really should write this book, but God, who who wants another book? But you know, the power of sitting at a family meeting, even with the littles and being like, guys, have you noticed I've been even a little more crabby? Mm-hmm. Right. And everyone would be like, yeah. And be like, I have this work thing. And I, you know, I don't want to go into too many details, but like, it's really been weighing on me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't know, parent as human, if it's a, a million. Gift. Yes, 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 yes. That we are the in, gift yes, as yes. sharing your interior world. Yeah. Oh my God. My dad used to mm. come home from work. He was a banker and very, very important guy. Yeah. And he would ask my opinion. Mm. He would say, I have this really difficult person at work. Mm-hmm. They come to the meetings. They won't do this. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I am so important. Mm-hmm. And then he would do it. Mm-hmm. And then he would tell me mm. like how much I, I, I died and gone to heaven. I was so important to my dad. And Oh, by the way, he had his like own separate life. Yeah. Yes. And yes. We, can, we can do that in a family meeting. We yeah. don't have to carry it all. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to hide. Yeah. 
we can't be a hot, hot mess all the time. Yeah. You know, and we, need to get we do have to like have a yeah. modicum of like, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And asking for support and help of the people who love you. Can you give some basic best practices that you would say? Cause I think people, again, like kind of have that mentality of like, well, what's right and what's wrong and tell me how to do it. And I know ours is very fluid um, and has been over the years, depending on the season, depending on the age of the kids, depending on our work, like there's so many factors. So are there any best practices that you feel like are in every, you know, one of the things that happens a lot is inconsistencies. People say, oh, I did that. And then it stopped, you know, so best practices, consistency, anything along those lines. You know, um, I see anything you're doing as parenting as the long haul effort. Mm -hmm. And I am a big proponent of, huh, we stopped doing that. Yeah, that made sense. We were going through a transition or humans tend to stop doing things when things are okay. (laughs) That's why there's so many books on habit change. (laughs) Right. And how about just, I go like this, I shrug and go, huh. All right, back to it. It's as easy as that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's as easy as that. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, why did it fall apart? How do we, right? right. So a best practice could be like, and next. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. back to it. Um, you don't have to make a story about it. Mm-hmm. About like how you let it all go. Or- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because guess what? Shit's got to fall off the plate. Mm-hmm. We have a lot on the plate. Mm-hmm. So just jumping back in is okay. best practice. Anything with structure or components that you feel like are in every, oh. quote unquote, every. Yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a crappy structure girl. Um, yes. I, it, it, I really, <laughs> I don't love it, but it is a worthwhile struggle to get people into bed in a, in a way that is relaxing and feels as gentle as humanly possible. Um, the older your kids get, the more, the harder that may begin to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it is so worthwhile though. Um, it, it is also worthwhile and I'm not above a bribe to get kids outside into sunlight. Mm-hmm. And I bribe my kids to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so structure wise, I have a thing around screens outside bed. And I'm crap at going to bed. Mm -hmm. So first that structure applies to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything that I want somebody else to do, I have to apply it to myself. Mm -hmm. Or then it's just kind of BSE. So Mm -hmm. I would invite parents in best practices to like go really, really simple. Mm -hmm. Go really, really, really simple. You know, um, are, are we moving? Are we sleeping? Um, 
the mindless eating in front of the screens. Um, what just can we do a little family meeting around like what's that look like? Stuff like that. But I want I invite every family to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And I really want you to know that like um, short of beating your kids, it everything's on the table. Mm-hmm. But you are allowed to make your own rules right now to get through this mm-hmm. with as little self abuse and anger and sadness as you can. Mm-hmm. Because we will get out of it and you can make repairs and get structures and routines back. But if we decimate our relationships with people we love, yeah, that's just so expensive with therapy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. And yeah, I just think that a lot of that, that people are sort of like are shrugging and kind of giving up a little bit. And so like, what do you need? What do we need? So like to close, will you And I'd say choose the give up, choose the give up. Yeah. Choose it. So if every night you can't handle anything, but, you know, TV dinners in front of, you know, TV with your kid and you're mad and you're giving up. But can you choose that instead and say, that's what we're doing? Right. It's in t- instead of beating yourself up for it. Is that what exactly. you mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm choosing that because it, it leads to a nicer bedtime for my yeah. kiddo and I. Because I can't do all this dining room table brew. Ha ha. Yeah, absolutely. I'm too, I'm too tired. I'm too angry. Well, then guess yeah. what? I'd rather have you have the pizza. Right and get into bed. I like, I have a lot of like five o'clock baths <laughs> these days because I'm like, Amazing. okay, I'm done for the day. Kitchen dinner's on the table. See you guys after. <laughs> and you and I talked about that and it was so beautiful. If I can say how we were reminding ourselves because in the before times, right. There's this anchor of dinner. There's this yes. very cultural blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, guess what? I eat all my meals with my kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying is I feel like we're connecting at lunch and like, no, Mel's not there, but I get to see him a lot too. And I actually just want to go take a bath at that time. And it feels like exactly what I deeply need to be doing to not lose my shit. And even if I lose my shit, that's okay too. But I like being able to make that choice. Like they're big enough. They can handle it. And that feels good. I'm always going to air or ask or push us individually to really see like, what do I need in this moment? And how can I find it? Uh, right. Getting in the yeah. woods, getting in the vat water or whatever. So what is helping you? I think it's really important for people to say, honestly, like you and I do all the time, what's helping us in this moment, because people mm-hmm. will think, oh, well, you're a parent coach or, oh, you're a meditation teacher or whatever, or a yoga teacher. Like you must be, you must not have to do the things that I have to do. So what are the, like three or four things that you've had to do the past nine months that like have been super helpful for you? Um, I have to exercise. Yeah. Um, and that can take any... Mm-hmm. any but like and when I say exercise I'm only speaking for myself but a little stroll won't cut it like if I'm mm-hmm. going to walk I need to walk up hills I need to mm-hmm. feel my body sweat 
I need to feel alive. Mm -hmm. I need to be in my body. Yeah. So that can look whatever it wants for people. Um, But that's my big thing. I have really relied on my friends. I feel like my friends are more important now than ever. Mm -hmm. And checking in with my friends. I don't have the strange busyness of the before life. Mm-hmm. And that's both been awful and wonderful. Um, so my friends are super important um, and checking in with them. Um, and not drinking a lot, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, a couple, many, many, many years ago, I would have been drinking a lot through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love a glass of wine mm-hmm. and I have no problem with that but I would have been staying up late Mm -hmm. and just being tired, being tired and checked out. And so I, I hate to tell people, Hey, don't drink a lot because it doesn't feel fun, but it's not helping. (laughs) Yeah. It's not helping. Yeah. Yeah. And because I'm like menopausal and all that, like I just, you know, yeah. Yeah. I just think, yeah. feeding myself my last thing has been feeding myself well yeah which I'm not good at I'm like the nugget off the tray girl yeah from the kids yeah and actually preparing myself meals and eating them has been important and not like rigidly strict on like this has to be healthier I'm only eating this no. way like it it's nope. just a different, it's just the mental approach of it of like this if I make myself my own gas. quesadilla yeah right, right. exactly Exactly. Yeah. It's not cold leftover. Yeah. Of somebody else's. Yeah. A lot of laughter. That's finally the thing. I don't, I don't read sad books. I don't watch sad crap. (laughs) I watch goofy, goofy, goofy. (laughs) Because there ain't no time for all that sadness. We watched that love one. That was so good. What love one? That TV show that we watched. Oh, about the the couple across time it was in Ireland normal people oh yes oh watch that, that for the so sex good I watched that for the sex that was so delicious oh that was like one of my and, gems and, of COVID <laughs> like and sex yeah, I, I heard you. I, I'm agreeing with you and the music and the and the accents. It just took me away and remind, brought me back to some good old days. <laughs> oh my God. Well, and everybody's talking about it, but Ted Lasso is a gem of gem of gems. It's so good. It's not yeah. as much sex, okay. but it's so good. <laughs> is it your good, like that funny good that I don't usually like, or is it really good? <laughs> oh no I think you'd like it I really okay. do all right I'll I, save it there's for this a winter. heart there's a shit creek feel to it oh well then I'm in yeah where you're like oh people are good yeah people are good and Emily in Paris is super great for escapism for 20 year olds yeah Mel watched. Mel, Mel woke up one morning and he goes, I just watched a really good show. I binged a really good show last night. <laughs> I was like, what was it? He was like, Emily in Paris. Amazing. I was like, okay, I I'll talk to him about it. Girls. 
Um, yeah, I totally watched that. It was great. <laughs> but I think TV has, here's the difference. So here, this is what I want to say about it. I noticed that I have this like love affair with some shows, a little voice. Oh, I loved that. Like, <gasps> I'm so glad you told me to watch oh, that. that was her so face good. is like, you can't stop watching her. She's so beautiful in the singing. But I have these like memories of these little buckets. And the reason they feel so special is because I'm actually like TV is not something I can normally just watch. I know lots of people can, and that's like awesome. And there's no shame in it. It's just not something that I can actually do regularly. So to find a show that feels so connected with that's human and like has yes. this like human intimacy um, has felt so good during this time because it's a, it's like my, I long to connect and have intimacy, but I'm sitting in my house again with the same three people. Right. So like, yes. I felt that through these shows that have been really, really meaningful um, so that I can have that kind of connection and expression. Um, and if I'm just like always flipping through stuff, I just, I just feel so overwhelmed by the amount of options that we have to watch that I give up. So that's like, I'm like, yeah. what should I watch? And I'll be like, well, oh, there's too many even options of channels to look for stuff. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's bananas <laughs> that we have like Disney, Hulu, Apple, yeah. Netflix yeah. and cable. But yeah, I'm, um, I'm a big escapist. I like humanity and all that shit too, but I'm mostly like, <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not, not think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I understand Trump that. COVID and death. Yeah. All are welcome here. That's my point. But sometimes you refer things that are not for me. So, <laughs> oh my God. But what about what's it face? The show about the guy with the dead wife? Oh my gosh. If you don't stop with that one, I've started it so many times and I can't get through. Maybe this winter. I'm putting it on a winter list. What's it called? It's a little again? depressing for winter. But... I, it's perfect for me. That's what I like. <laughs> it's so. Um, Good. I know you said second season was better than first, so I'll have to go back and find it. What's it called though? All right, fine. Just in case I didn't want to watch find it. it. I can't remember. Was it that comedian um, guy, right? Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Right. Ricky Gervais. Um, I would also suggest to people that oh my, my dogs that are sitting around that they go through their underwear drawers. Oh yeah. We've done things. lots of cleaning. We did a 40 day challenge in Lola where we cleaned a bunch of stuff. It felt so good. Afterlife. 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 Right. Right. The people who are listening to this podcast are going to come at you. Like you don't like that show. Well, I'm, I said, I'd watch it. I just, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not in a watching mood yet. I have to be in the mood. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Um, okay. So where can people find you and sign up for your stuff? Do you have any online classes available now or obviously get the book parenting outside the lines? Everything's on mlparentcoach.com. Yeah. Everything. Oh, also the only other thing that makes me happy is makeup. Oh, makeup, makeup. makes me like borderline happier than parent coaching. I, know. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's borderline. It's happier. It is a happy it brings out your joy. It is the deepest expression of who you are. Maybe you were um, in a former life, like where backstage um, or on stage. I don't know. I just got a vibe of like, you've done this many times. Okay. What's your makeup? Well, I'm a parent coach and everything is there. And Megan does your makeup, which kind of sounds like a porn name, I think, but I'm down for it. Megan does your makeup is that Instagram. I was just denied. I don't have like enough followers. 
to do this like special thing oh. anyway well but I all do all clean makeup and so if you ever need any recs or help anybody out there beauty is not canceled it is not canceled <laughs> doing your makeup is not canceled 100 oh. Thank you. Love you. I love you. And uh, who knows when we'll be back to chat again. But for now, hopefully this was helpful and you're the bestest. Thanks, Mego. You too. Love you. Bye.